The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Howdy. Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we'll be talking about the lack of a Jay Crowder trade, the lack of a Cam Johnson extension. Then we'll talk about the games coming up this week and do a quick preview of the season where we project the record and all of the stat leaders on the roster. The season's back. The regular season's back. And I'm just now realizing that currently we have no shout-outs, but our next episode will have shout-outs because we're going to have a bet question this week, which I realized we didn't plan for, so I'll make something up on the spot. It'll be a fun way to start it. So, yeah, happy happy, uh, start of the season, everyone. Yeah, we've uh, it's been quite the off season. Obviously, ending on quite a sour note last year, and then the lack of moves this off season. Uh, a lot of us are feeling a little skeptical as we head into the season. But yeah, we'll talk about a couple of those factors right here, right now, with the lack of a Jay Crowder trade. Uh, the only thing that we know is that he's listed as out for the opener against the Mavs. Otherwise, we hadn't really heard a peep other than. You know, a couple teams maybe having interest in him, but that's it. And I'm truly shocked after his trade request hype video. I thought he would have been out of there immediately. Yeah. Like, I can't believe GMs didn't watch that and just, you know, make a deal right on the spot. Start throwing first at us. <laughs> uh I mean, I've heard a little bit of just rumblings that maybe the Hawks are interested um, I don't, I don't know how true that is because people were throwing around DeAndre Hunter's name, but he just signed an extension. Um, yeah, I have no idea how actually interested they are. We've heard a little bit about the heat being interested, a little bit of a homecoming. Uh, but really I don't think there's anything too substantial out there right now. Yeah. And it's, it's just bad news because obviously we're not getting what we want out of the trade. Otherwise he'd be gone by now. There's no reason to keep him here. He didn't go to training camp. He's obviously not going to be suiting up for us anytime soon. So as the days dwindle by that value just drops more and more. And I mean, is he going to get bought out at some point? Is it going to end in that? I I hope not. I really don't want to see that. I I'd take literally anything for him over doing that. Right. Yeah. 
anything. Second round pick in five years, fine. A player that we cut three weeks later, fine. Like, just anything right now. Yeah, it, it just, you know, at least we can say it's not affecting the locker room because he's not in the locker room. Right. That's one benefit, but that's about all I can think of. Yeah, I know. I, I'm i pretty disappointed that nothing has happened yet because we were really, really hoping that before the start of the season something would get done, especially if we're going to bring another player in to give him some time to get used to our system and get used to the locker room and build a little bit of chemistry. But nope, that's not going to happen. And, you know, supposedly aside from the starting position, Crowder wanted a contract extension. Uh, are we trying to find a team who wants to extend him as well? Because, mm. you know, after the Instagram hype video for the trade, what kind of team is going to want to trade for a guy who just made a video requesting a trade, more or less, <laughs> and then extend him to keep him around for a long time before right. he inevitably uh, requests another trade via Instagram short vid? Right, right. And especially <laughs> after how terrible he was in the playoffs. I mean, everyone watched that. Yeah. He he had a very rough go in these last playoffs. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe before the trade deadline, maybe it'll take some, you know, some teams seeing, oh, uh, we're missing a piece here or an injury or something like that. Uh, hopefully we can have him moved by the trade deadline at this point. We can only hope. Yeah. But let's uh, stay on the position. Uh, Cam Johnson, he'll be our starting power forward this year. Obviously, he was up for his rookie extension. The dead deadline came and passed, and no extension for Cam Johnson. Sounds like they couldn't come together on, sounds like years were okay, but they were quite a few million off, and uh, no one wanted to budge. So here he goes becoming a restricted free agent next season. Yeah, and it's disappointing. You'd really like to see an extension, um, especially because we know timing-wise uh, this might be a little bit difficult now. With I think Mikhail Bridges' contract is going to be just timing a little bit interesting, and he's going to get a lot of money um, as the runner-up to the Defensive Player of the Year last year, and I expect him to be in that conversation this year. Uh, that timing's not great, but I don't know. I mean, it, he's betting on himself, and we're kind of like, yeah, show us what you can do. Let's see a full season where you're the starter. See what you can do. And then if a team is going to throw him like a max or something like that, I doubt we match something like that. We let him walk. But if not, then we probably will match. That's my guess. Yeah, it, it's just a shame that we're going to go down the same track that we just did with Aiton. Yeah. While we're dealing with the Crowder thing at the same position. And one thing that I've kind of been reading a little bit is just, like, how much does the Sarver situation have to do with this? Like, as we're in this period of transition, who's making these decisions? I mean, I know we have, like, an interim decision maker, but... It just makes you wonder if that has anything to do with this. Yeah, who knows? Honestly, who knows? And uh, and maybe Cam's agent saying, let's just wait. Let's ask for too much. 
wait and see who the new owner is and then yeah. see if you'll get that huge payday. And the numbers are going up. The salary cap is going to go way up within the next mm-hmm. couple of years. So I don't know. I The rumors of the prices he wanted four years, what was it, 85? 85, yeah. I would have done that in a heartbeat. I would have too, yeah. Uh, especially when you see Hunter. DeAndre Hunter got like 92. Yes. Or, or something like that. I know. And I then, saw that and I'm like, well, that doesn't bode well for the Suns when it comes no. to Cam Johnson. And as a guy who hasn't proven himself as much as Cam Johnson, that's right. that's tough. Yeah. But then again, Cam Johnson is one of the oldest guys up for a rookie extension. So you got to keep that in mind. Uh, yeah. It's like he'll be 30 in a hurry if you want to look at it that way. Sure. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think we're not doing a great job at keeping players happy right now. <laughs> and uh, that needs to change. And we've just seen this far too many times in the history of this team. And uh, I just, I want a new owner like right now. I know it's not that simple, but I just wish we could have a new owner who actually cares about the team and its players. Yeah. I don't think that's too much to ask for. No, I don't, I don't either. And think about like, who are the guys on the roster right now who are truly happy with their situation? Uh, Booker. Yeah. Can't complain. Chris Paul probably can't complain much. Uh, Bridges with the extension should be decently happy, even though his contract's going to be looking like a steal when that number goes up. Yes. Uh, Shamit's probably happy he got extended before Shamit, he played a Shamit is for us. thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Campaign so, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few guys that are happy, but then when you start bugging the guys that you know we drafted, uh, even though. It was a different era of Suns basketball with a different GM back then and all that. But it's a shame to see us ruin the core or not ruin them necessarily, but uh, anger them in any ways when we can be paying them the money they probably deserve and it should just be done. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man, if James Jones has something up his sleeve and he brings in another star sooner rather than later, I'll, I'll take back everything I've said, but I'm worried that, uh, the way we've been treating our young guys, our core, and the lack of moves to uh, help those guys get better, put better talent around them. Yeah. At this point, I'd be pretty surprised if James Jones has a trick up his sleeve. Like, I just think he's kind of doing nothing. And looking at the fact that we had the best record in the league last year. But I don't know. Like, that's the thing about sports like this. I guess everything outside of football, like where you play 82 or more games in a season, like the regular season just really doesn't matter all that much. Like you just have to do enough to make the playoffs. And that's when the season really starts in leagues like this. So I don't know. But at the same time, on a more hopeful note, um, with hockey starting, I'm finding a lot of comparisons that are very positive between the Suns and my favorite team, the Colorado Avalanche. And I think I've mentioned this slightly before, but the Avs were in a very, very similar situation. Um, They're just like a couple years ahead on this timeline where 
their their players were getting a little bit antsy. They had made it to the playoffs a few years in a row and underperformed. They had lost in the second round a few times. Their their new coach had one pretty rough year, but then a couple really great years. And people were starting to question, well, is this really the direction we want to go? And questions about ownership and star players were starting to come out and get a little bit frustrated. Nathan McKinnon said, I've been here for seven years and I've never won anything. And it it was starting to get bad. And then after losing a few times in the playoffs, they needed that. That really helped them gain the experience they needed to then win the Stanley Cup this past season. And they're coming out this season looking really good too. I think they really could repeat. So I see a lot of similarities there, and I actually think it was good for us in the long run. Like, if we were to win a championship this year or next, we would look back on last season and say, yeah, as painful as that was, we needed that. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, honestly, because I know I've talked about this before, but when the Suns put on the black hat and became the villains last year, mm-hmm. I don't think they quite knew what they were getting into. And... Uh, that was that was quite the awakening against the Mavericks in that series. So, yeah, man, I, I really hope that's something that gets built off of rather than uh, kept in the back of their minds and holds them down from doing better. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, I even think from the fan perspective, I I can't say I've been excited for basketball season to start until we did our fantasy basketball draft last Sunday. I think that was probably the first time I've been excited for this season. Like that loss to the Mavs in game seven, just put such a sour taste in my mouth. And I don't know if I'm alone in that. That might just be me, but like, I'm excited now that the season is really starting. Um, But yeah, I would say last Sunday was the first time I have been excited for basketball to start. I think we all needed that break. Yeah, that was a we did essential one. Mm-hmm. Okay, this week Suns basketball, we start things off against the Mavericks, who we've brought up numerous times this episode, and uh, of course the NBA is going to schedule Suns versus Mavs to start the season off. Oh yeah, and uh, we're going to get the coming home video for Javale McGee, I'm sure. Oh yeah, um, who is a starter for the Mavericks? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if he is or not, but he said he wanted to start somewhere. Um, I I really hope we come out super angry and try to win this game by forty. That would be really nice to see, honestly. Uh, you know these guys. It's been burning them up, and CP3 D book. Uh, some of the more competitive guys definitely on the roster, maybe in the league. So I expect those two guys to just be on their game right off the bat. But there's still always the thing. It's it's Luka Doncic, and how are you going to slow him down? Right. Yeah. And, and it's going to be tough. And, I mean, the reality is Luka's probably going to score 40 points, 35 or 40. Yep. Uh but I do think this is winnable. I think we are going to be... <laughs> I, I hope we're going to be, you know, looking for revenge, uh, set the tone on this season off right, 
but I could also see it going the exact opposite way and us trying too hard and forcing things and letting Luca's smooth game just destroy us. Yeah, I have no expectations for this game because of that. Yeah, it, it I think that's way. that's good. Yeah, go into it and just understand it's one game. It's the first game of the season. We started what three and seven, or no, we lost three of our first seven last year, something like that. Yeah. And people were saying, "Oh, the Suns are frauds." Last last season was it's like, <laughs> oh wow, three and four, it's over. And then yeah. you know we want we lost fourteen total games. Um, so yeah, one game isn't going to change everything, but you do want to set the tone in that first game. Oh yeah, for sure. And the one thing that we can kind of lock into is that our team is much more familiar with each other than what the Mavericks are. They made some quite a few moves this offseason. They lost Brunson. They added Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, some other moves in there. But more or less, the Suns roster is all very familiar with themselves, and they should probably be firing on all cylinders a little faster than that Mavericks roster will. So hopefully yeah. that's that's yeah. what shows up right away. And, uh, you know... It would feel good for a win against the Mavericks to start the year, it and just was. to just to shut up the crowd, you know, who were who were booing them last time these two teams matched up in the arena. That's right. Yeah. So give them something to cheer about this time. Start the season off on the right foot, please. Well, and missing Jalen Brunson is huge. He really did a lot of damage against us in the playoffs, so that definitely helps our case. And he was um, replaced by Compazzo just the other day, did you see Yeah, that? that's right, that's right. So that's a massive <laughs> downgrade. As annoying as Compazzo is, Jalen Brunson is a much better player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be very helpful for us. Um, I'm actually very interested to see what the crowd is like. You brought that up. Um, because, yeah, we were booing, and I, I've talked to a couple people who are at that game, actually, and they said they were very upset and they were trying to get refunds and things like that because that game was so bad. And obviously the team is not going to give a refund for a playoff for a game seven playoff game. Like that's <laughs> never going to happen. Um, but yeah, people were upset. So I, I think this crowd might be a little bit like kind of on edge, ready to let the team hear it if they, if they struggle. Yeah, man, they're, I think Suns fans have every reason to be testy after that. Yeah. And I mean, the Green Bay Packers home crowd was just booing Aaron Rodgers the other day. So yeah. Yeah. What's, you know, and that's, it's available. It can it, happen. It is. And that's so interesting because I think over the last maybe two or three years, crowds have been much more willing to boo the home team. I can't say I've seen that a ton until recently. And I think about that with football is a good example with the Broncos. Their offense has just been so awful all season. And I think they have been booed by their home crowd in every game they've played at home this season. (laughs) And I can't say I've ever seen the crowd boo the Broncos at home ever before. Maybe once. Maybe, you know what? No, in the Tebow era, there was one time. I believe that it was, I mean, it was just so bad, but even then, I mean, I had rarely, rarely, rarely would you ever see that. So 
I don't know what it is, though, but crowds nowadays are much more willing to boo the home team. And I feel like our crowd here is a little wild. They get a little crazy. It is, yeah. Uh, I just want to say don't boo unless they truly, truly deserve it, like they right. did in Game 7. Yeah. I mean, if it's a yeah. hard-fought game and we lose, don't be booing. Right. Don't, if we lose by... Bad. If we lose by single digits, do not boo. If we lose by 40 and look like we don't want to be there, yeah, boo, of course. But, yeah, I agree with that. I think I, I'm probably not very quick to boo the home team. No, it'd, it'd take a lot. Game yeah. 7, though, I, I may have been. Oh, I for sure would have. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, we tackled that Mavs game pretty well. Well, actually, not really. What do we expect to happen in this game Let's do one prediction just for fun. Ugh, um, yeah, hmm. You first. You first. That's, that's tough. Um, I, well, I'm interested to see if... Um, Cam, well, it looks like Cam Johnson is going to play. And then Cam Payne has had his finger injury as well. So it'll be interesting to see who plays there. Um, hmm. Yeah, I this think is, they're both available. Are they both? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, my prediction for this game. Uh, okay, I, ha- I have a prediction. I think Chris Paul is going to have a great game. Chris is ready, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be ready. It's the beginning of the season. This is his time to shine. I think the Suns are going to win by eight. Oh, wow. Going, you know, early homer style, but mm. I think these guys remember it. And uh, yeah, if Monty and the coaching staff didn't do anything to dream up, about what to do against Luka Doncic over the offseason, off that'd be really disappointing. That's true. Will there be a post-game workout, though? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> that video that went around uh, in the playoffs last year where after we won, we were like, they showed clips of DeAndre Ayton doing like half pull-ups and Booker was on the exercise ball. And you remember that video? Honestly, I don't. Oh, well, good for you. You probably blocked it out of your mind. It was, as the kids say, cringe. Oh, yeah, probably for the best. (laughs) All right, then to cap off this first opening week of basketball, the Suns have the Blazers on Friday and the Clippers on Sunday, both away games. So the game every other day to start the year here. That's nice. I do I do like the every other day schedule. Um, the Blazers are going to be terrible this year. And uh, I think, I'm hoping we won't play down to our competition this year. But I think this will be, especially if we lose against the Mavs, this will be a nice game for us to kind of get back on our feet. Right. Wouldn't mind if these were swapped, honestly, but... Uh... Yeah, I know. No, I'm excited to uh, take on the Blazers. I want to see what's next in the Damian Lillard career journey in Portland. Uh, It can't be fun for him. No, I'm sure it's awful. I'm sure Uh, it's terrible. (laughs) And it just seems like they do nothing to find him help. No, and CJ McCollum's gone now. Yeah, Simons is solid. Yeah, he's good. Backcourt mate, but honestly... It's easy to look over this Blazers game and just think about this Clippers one. Right. In L.A., they're, I think they're healthy. I think their entire roster is ready to go. And there's a lot of solid depth on that team. I I don't know. Some people say they're going to run the West this year. What are your thoughts? 
it, that's a good question because it's just so unpredictable with Kawhi how much he's going to play. Right. And even when he's healthy, how much is he going to manage his load? Because he's, I feel like he's the one in charge of that. Um, Paul George has had his share of injury trouble, but not nearly as much as Kawhi. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the Clippers could be very good. Um, but I also think they could be kind of a middle-of-the-road team, too. I don't, I don't think they're going to run the West, but I think they'll be good this year. Uh, I also saw that they're going to start Reggie Jackson at point guard. Is that right? Yeah. So can, who's their? I'm trying to think who they does Morris start. So they maybe. go Jackson, George, Leonard, uh, Zubats at the five, and then Morris at the four would be my guess. Or uh, yeah, maybe. It, I mean, it, that's going to be interesting for them. I think John Wall now too. That's right. Yeah, they're starting Reggie Jackson over John Wall. That's what that situation was. How would you like to have John Wall come off the bench behind Chris? I think that would be incredible. Yeah, (laughs) it would. It would. Okay. I I don't want to harp on campaign. We haven't seen him yet this season, but we need to see a bounce back from Cam for sure. He's not going to. Like, I, I think the reality is. Campaign's really good season a couple years ago was an anomaly. It was an outlier. He's regressed to the mean, and his mean is bad. And we can't rely on him. He is not a backup point guard in the NBA. Um, and I think next year he probably won't be in the league. I'm very down on Campaign. Like I don't think he's good. And you think I think Dwayne Washington's going to take his. Yes, I think by twenty games in. I mean, it just sucks because Monty loves campaign so much and has a you know an unhelpful amount of faith in pain. Yeah, so I hear you. I mean, it, it was really fun watching Washington kind of pop off in that last game of the preseason. Yeah, it was nice. thirty points, but ton of turnovers. But he was yeah. the guy who was trying to do literally everything on a very depleted roster. So yeah, I don't know. In a normal game, cut that down in half, and it's not I, the end of the world. Right. I don't understand why we have zero interest in Kemba. Kemba just got cut by the Pistons. Why do we have zero interest in pick, picking Kemba up? Uh, I, I think he's a sieve on defense. Uh, I think it's just not worth trying to have him defend anybody. Yeah. While hmm. campaign is at least athletic and can attempt to stay in the ball in front of the ball a little bit. I think Kemba's days are kind of over when it comes to so. a two-way player. Mm. But I mean, having a guy like that to get a bucket when you need a bucket sure would be nice sometimes. Right. I mean, I think we've committed to a lack of defense at this point. <laughs> so why not give Kemba a chance? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, let's this just is try like, to score 150 every night. Right, exactly. This is the most pessimistic I've ever been about this team. That's hilarious. That's that's hilarious because we have been through some crap. We have, I know. <laughs> uh, it, that's such a funny thing to just think about overall is how spoiled we all got, how yeah. quickly we got spoiled, and then how that turned us into, uh, you know, I'd say the average social media basketball fan 
probably doesn't like the Suns. Right. Because of how, I'm not going to say us, but us Suns fans kind of accepted how we were good. It, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't in a humble manner at all. No, it wasn't. I mean, <laughs> you've heard me say this on the show a bunch of times. I, I got rid of Twitter for a reason. Um, it, it is back on my phone. I, I had it to get updates on the KD situation, and I haven't gotten rid of it yet. And I don't plan to. I spend much less time on there. But, yeah, I mean, I had a whole episode where I told everyone to delete Twitter. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest fan of how we have handled being good, clearly. Oh, it's the truth, though. I mean, yeah. something that you, you got to take the lumps if you're going to be a team like that. And I don't ever like to sympathize for the Los Angeles Lakers, but they get dumped on online by the other 29 franchises in the league. But Oh, yeah. But since they have such great numbers... They can kind of drown all that out. It's interesting. Right. I'm sure it lots is. of like thesis papers have been written on the NBA social media landscape. Oh, totally. It's yeah. I mean, it's sociology at this point. So For sure. Yeah. No, I think it's very interesting too. Um I I still am not gonna feel bad for Lakers fans because I think a lot of them bring oh, that no. upon themselves. Right, right. Um but I, I understand what you're saying in theory. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's let's just move it on. We're excited for this week of games. It's tough yeah. to say. You know, it'll be more fun to recap and talk about these games than to totally. preview the first three of the season because who knows how we're going to look without Jay this year and yeah. without JaVale again and maybe Jock Landale being our backup five. <laughs> Right. Let's we'll pick see. up that question really quick, though. Yeah, Let's, yeah. Do it. Do it. Is up. there a game in particular that you want to focus on here? I mean, well, this episode is going to come out the day of the opener, so maybe we should do Blazers or Clippers. Blazers, we're feeling pretty confident about. That might. Be okay. Better. Yeah. Let's let's just go with classic Devin Booker points in the the game against the Blazers. Love it. Um, uh. You typically start. If you want me to go first, I will. I'll do it. I'll go first. Okay. All right. I don't know if they have anyone who can D up Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of Simons and Lillard, neither of them really can. We're going to go with a cool 33 for D book against the Blazers. Okay. I'll say 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go off the rails. Uh, in the bat questions this year, I think. Good. I need some W's this year. You said you said thirty. Yeah, conservative thirty-three. Thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait until I'm right. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. That will be fun. But let us know on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod how many points you think Devin Booker will score Friday against the Blazers, and whoever is closest will get a shout out on the show and. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, so it's fun to engage like this. This is the part of Twitter that I do enjoy. It's fun to see what everyone guesses. And um, I may or may not tweet this out, depending on if I remember. So, uh, yeah, tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends. I, I'm very transparent about it. Like, yeah. I don't hide anything about that. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Like, sometimes I forget to tweet the bet question. <laughs> it's fine. All right. In line with the bet question, let's make some more projections for the season. 
just the overall Sun season stat leaders, Suns record. Let's start with that. How many games will the Suns win this year, Mitchell? All right. Uh, so as as pessimistic as I've been, I think we're gonna win 58 games. Oh, that's funny because I was at 55. I'm 55. A little more pessimistic than you. Are. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I do think we're gonna have a great regular season again. Uh, 58 is my prediction, and um, I was actually talking with uh, Billy Scafuri from the Buckets podcast. He and Amir do that. Amir Blumenfeld do that podcast. And I DM'd Billy about, they do a, an over-under draft every year where they look at the the predicted amount of wins for each team and then they, they pick teams, they're over or they're under. And I was saying Suns over is always a solid pick. Well, in the Chris Paul era, always a solid pick because we do tend to overperform in the regular season and then disappoint in the playoffs. Um I know I'm talking about like one year too, but it just feels like it's been five years of that. Anyway, um, I think Suns over is a very, very solid pick. Uh, everyone on that podcast disagreed with me and Suns under was like a very, very popular pick. Uh, but I just disagree. I, I think we will overperform expectations in the regular season and underperform in the playoffs. Yeah, those dudes are just reading too much Twitter. Yeah, that's exactly right. Delete Twitter and then watch then the make games. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I'd say those are fair projections. Yeah. Uh, as much as we'd both love to see us win over 60 games again this year. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Now nah, the West got... Mm, I'd say quite a few teams in the West improved this year, so it'll be tougher for sure. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But not the Trailblazers. No. Okay. All right. Points leader. We're both going to say Devin Booker. Yeah. How many points for D-Book this year? I'm trying to remember what I said last year because I remember being pretty close. Um, I said 50 or so? I don't think I said 50 a game. Um, I want to say I I guess like 27 or 28 maybe. Um, I'm scrolling back in our outline here, but I don't think I have it. Um well, let's see here. Um, I do think Booker is – he is going to take a step up with scoring. I think the scoring is going to be more on his shoulders, and I do think he will step up to that call. Uh, I don't think he's going to quite get to 30, but I'm going to say like 28 and a half. That's fair. That's the range I'm in too. He was at 26.8 last year. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking 27 and a half. A little 27 and a half. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, basing this off a couple things, sounds like uh, Chris Paul is going to get more involved as a scorer earlier on in the game this season. I think mm. that came straight from Monty. Okay. So that might be something. And I also see Aiton taking more shots this year. Yes, that's true. So I don't see a huge boost from Book, but, I mean, if the – the efficiency just goes up a tick. That's 27 or 28 points, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I I actually I would like to see him go off a little bit more. As many games as we won last year, and we distributed the ball better and everything like that, but I want to see some 50-point games this season from Devin Booker. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. 
it just seems like it's so tough for those games to happen with the ball in Chris's hands so much. Like, but if know. we if we have Chris Paul managing the load a little bit, then we might have more of an opportunity for Booker to to score. True. And yeah, I would not disagree with that either. I'd love to see it. Yeah, it'd be great. All right, rebound leader. I assume we're both going Aiton. Yeah. Either Aiton, Aiton or Jack Landale. <laughs> Corey Craig. No, just kidding. Um, Aiton. Um, the rebounding is really going to be on Aiton this year. Uh, will he step up to that call? Probably not as much as we would like. But I will say 11 rebounds a game for Aiton. Yeah, I'm going to go 11 and a half. Okay. I'll go a little higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it, it is on Aiton. Johnson, not a great rebounder. Uh, Booker and Paul, decent rebounders for guards, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to grab many. It, it's going to be all on Aiton or Landale because we don't yeah. have any size at the power forward. Right. Aiton should be gobbling those up. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Aiton has more responsibility this year, obviously, being a max player now. And I hope it just doesn't come in the form of him trying to score on offense more. I, I want that to be part of it, but I think he's just got to take a little more responsibility of uh, owning the paint. And I I think that was actually one of the standout things I saw from preseason. Aiton getting into the paint and just, I mean, he's talked about how he wants to be dominating for his whole career and he's never done it. But in this preseason, I think that's the closest we've ever seen to him getting in the paint and just destroying people, you know? So I hope that is a sign that that's what he's going to do this whole season. Yep. I agree. And, you know, we'll talk about Jack Landale. He does an excellent job of that too. Uh, Just getting down to that right in front of the rim and sealing somebody off. And I just want to see us make those entry passes efficiently, properly, and not turn it over 10 times a game trying to right. do that. Because I know. it seems like, is it a lost art, the entry pass to the post? Maybe. Maybe yes, it. I think it is. But one thing that I saw as well is we tried to get him the ball very early, very quickly into the possession to see if there's something there. Maybe we have a mismatch or something like that. Try to get him the ball quickly. And then if there's nothing there, get it out. Uh, I was really liking that. Uh, I think that's kind of the way to utilize the the lost art of the post-entry pass. Just do it right away. See if you can get a quick score. And if nothing's there, then get it out, and you have plenty of time. I mean, Chris Paul loves to be slow and methodical and get the offense moving with seven seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, I'm hoping we can get away from that a little bit this year. Same. And just talking about that, when we do get the ball in early to eight and even if he's not right in front of the rim, he has such nice touch on those little, like, half floater, half hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ba- the baby hook, but he has such great touch in there. And it seems like we score a basket within five seconds when we try to do that. Right. It's, totally. It's bang, bang, and we're already back on defense. Yep. I, I'd love to see more of that. And something that's gone along with this a little bit, I think I've seen a few less of the instant turnaround fades 
from eight. Yeah, which is so nice. I'm so glad he's slowed down on that. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's a good shot for him to take. Uh, I just don't want to see a ton of them. And if no. we're going to get it to him early down there, if if the, the baby hook's not there, if he has a decent defender on him, kick it right back out. Like, don't right. don't even put down a dribble. Let's just get it back totally. out, get into a pick and roll. Yeah, move the ball. I want to see him go toward the basket every time he touches the ball, basically. Make a move toward the basket. If it's not there, kick it out. Or then maybe there's a, a time to do the little fadeaway. Sure. Um, but he's not Dirk. And I, yeah, I just want to see him make those decisions quickly this year, too. Yep. If he just plays more aggressive, flat out, the one word, if it's yeah. just more aggressive, he's going to be better. And I think he will. I actually think this is going to be a really good year for Aiden. I think so, too. The attitude he showed earlier on at Media Day and all the interviews, it seems like he's just had enough of the crap. Yeah. And he wants to go play ball. And, uh, yep. I, I hope everyone on the team has realized that and they're going to they're going to let him make it happen because mm-hmm. hands down, one of the most talented bigs in the league just probably haven't been utilizing him correctly his entire career. Totally. So we'll totally. See. All right. Assist leader. Another easy one. Chris Paul. How many? Yeah. He was right at about 10 last year, I believe. Uh, if uh, if things go like we're hoping it will and he sits a little bit. That number is going to go down. Uh, I'll just say nine. Yeah, he almost was at 11 last year. Almost 10, 11. Wow. 10.8. 10.8. Oh, yeah. Like wow. It seemed like a double-double was just automatic for him. Mm-hmm. He a lot of games last year. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is a hopeful thing. I hope we're in the same boat. I'm, I'll say 9.5 just to be a little different from you. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's because he plays fewer minutes and – uh, you know, the per game assist won't go down if he actually sits out entire games. But right. I do hope just, a, you know, a couple of minutes off. He played how many minutes per game last year? Uh, uh, I don't know. 38 is my guess. Oh, 33. <laughs> so, you know, if he's playing closer to 30, I think everybody would like that. Uh, yes. And if that assist number goes down a touch, nobody's going to be upset. Nope. Nope. Not at all. All right, steals. Steals. This was Chris Paul led this last year, I believe. Or was it Mikhail? I think Chris Paul led it. Um, either way, I think Mikhail will lead it this year. And hmm, I I think I'm actually most optimistic about Mikhail's defense. I'll say a little over two, like two point two maybe. That's high. It's high, but I I think I think that could really happen. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, I'll go Chris for this one. Okay. I'm gonna say like one point six. Yeah, that's more realistic. Like that's probably what will happen. But I think Mikhail's gonna have some three or four steel games. And that's going to help him. Didn't Chris have a few, like, six or seven he did. games last year? He did. Year? Mm-hmm. He was just – I feel like really early on in the year was when it was going down because he had – like, he was leading the league in assists and steals for a, a decent That's time. true. He did. But I think the steals number dropped as the year went on, which is – Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to be right. 
but we'll see. All right, and blocks to blocks. round things out here. Blocks, I think this is one of the harder ones to predict because in in all reality, Mikhail could lead this stat. Right. <laughs> Mikhail could have like 0.8 blocks a game or something and lead it. Um, no, I think it'll probably be Aiden, and I'll just say an even one. I'm going Mikhail with 0.9. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I just... The, the way Mikhail plays defense is, and sometimes when his guy gets by him, it feels like he's more likely to block the shot then. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. The Just those long arms can do so many things, and it, it seems like he's coming up with blocks when you're not expecting a block. I don't know. It's It's so fun watching him play defense compared to a lot of guys. It is, yeah. I mean, I think... This is the year for Mikhail to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he really should have won it last year, too. Marcus Smart did not deserve that uh, compared to Mikhail. Um, but whatever. Uh, this is the year for Mikhail to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, it seemed like the Celtics had five guys in the finalists for uh, all deep, like the yeah. defensive player of the year. And then all of a sudden, was it was it Robert Williams who was kind of looking like he was going to win it? Then he goes out for the year. Right. Then all of a sudden, Smart's at number one. Yeah, that was kind of mm-hmm. creepy. It was. It was. But, but, I mean, that's just that just speaks to Celtics played some solid defense last year. No they way. did, and they made it to the finals. I mean, yes. can't, can't deny – how good they were. They were a very good team. Um, but I think I think I am getting excited for the Suns this year. And, yeah, happy happy start of the season to everyone. Uh, maybe we'll tweet a little bit during this Mavs game on Wednesday. But with that, we will move to our non-sports section of the show. And this – strap in. This is an exciting one. Um, or should I say clip in? Oh. <laughs> The, our, our our question for this week is, what is your current exercise routine looking like? Well, as you alluded to, we just got a Peloton. Mm-hmm. You're, I've you're been the Peli actually, Gang. Peli Gang. And I've actually been all over it. Uh, I've kind of surprised myself, actually. I don't know what it is. It's the, like, you can compete against people who who are live taking the same class as you. And I don't like losing. So I think that really helps me kind of bust it. And it yeah. feels like less of a workout and more of a challenge or competition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's different for everybody, but that's kind of what gets me going. And, I, man, I think I'm getting kind of close to 100 miles on the bike already. So. Wow. Wow. Nice. Absolutely. I, I yeah, recommend it. Cool. And sadly, I don't have, like, the account you can follow because – share one with my wife and she set it up so i think i'm kind of incognito on there but uh i'm doing work yeah well you know what they say real g's move in silence like lasagna they do say that (laughs) lil wayne says that uh anyway (laughs) um for me this time of year is the best time to get outside it's so nice um, I'm, I've turned into a morning person based on my work schedule over the last few years, uh, and a baby that has made me a morning person too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I am trying to get outside and just walk every morning that I possibly can. 
Um, I'll take the baby with me if she's awake. I'll just put her in her stroller and we'll go on a walk around our neighborhood, which is really nice. Um, it's just great to get out and, you know, have some 70 degree or so weather in the morning. So I've been walking like no other. Um, this is slightly sports related, but I play basketball when I can too. Um, but for the most part, it's taking walks every single day. It's just such a nice part of my routine. I feel better after I do it. And I just love being outside in Arizona this time of year. Oh, yeah. Just the first thing I do when I wake up is I let the dog out. And since it's been nicer and nicer, I've just found myself sitting out there while I let her out. Normally, I yeah. just open the door and go do my thing because it's already 85 degrees and I don't want to do that. But when it's 70, right. I'll go sit outside, enjoy my coffee, you know, throw the throw the bone around for the dog so she can get a little running in. And yeah, I mm-hmm. the mornings are so nice this time of year. For sure. Oh, yeah. The other day after I came back from walking, I opened the window in my house. I haven't been able to do that in a long time. Yeah. And you know, the thermostat was just basically off for half the day or more. And it was amazing. It felt so good out. Yep. Windows open overnight season is. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I, yeah. It's the best. And then soon it'll be too cold to be doing that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's looking like it's going to drop pretty soon here. But I'd say the heat has officially broken. And. We're, we're into one of my favorite times of year in Arizona. Absolutely. All right. That will wrap things up for this week. We are back in the regular season. We'll be back next weekend with a recap of these first three games against the Mavs, Blazers, and Clippers. And then we'll just be back into the normal grind of the podcast, which I'm excited for personally. I so, am too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter. Uh, Maybe some live tweets during the game. We'll see.